You're listening to a podcast from Jubilee Church, Farnham. To find out more, visit www.jubilee.church. Uh, the sabbatical was really wonderful. Uh, I think I achieved, if that's the right word even, uh, what I was looking out for uh, in uh, the sabbatical. Some of the highlights, uh, just to give you a sense of what I was doing, um, I got what's called a spiritual director or what's called now spiritual accompaniment um, and met with that person once a month throughout that time and that's actually carrying on and they just help and they sit with you and they listen and they pray with you and hear the Holy Spirit and, uh, uh, and help guide and maybe ask questions and challenges, so that was really helpful. And the reason I did that was so that I wanted to make sure that my personal devotional life was always where it should be, and that I wasn't confusing, which I think I was doing towards just the end before I went on sabbatical, with writing a sermon, with praying for people in the church, with doing the stuff that is part of my job, if you like, which I love doing, but is not the same thing as my personal devotional life. So I really wanted to uh, work with this person, and it's been great so far. I also met with a couple of other people um, to talk about specific things. I asked them, can we talk about this? And they both said, yeah, that sounds great. We met up and spoke with them, and the Lord had other ideas, and we didn't speak anything about this, but we spoke about that, and that was perfect. It was really good. Uh, as some of you will know, I'm also um, doing some studies, uh, and so I got uh, 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 a number of books out that I wanted to, to, to read, and I uh, got all through the reading, and actually, uh, personal, personally pleasing for me, I got a paper uh, accepted for a conference later this year. Um, and it's part of my, it's going to be a, probably a chapter in, in, my, in my PhD thesis, uh, but it's all about sin, uh, and the sin and the impact of sin on our formation, and just want to let you know, in case you didn't, if you ever want to kill a conversation, uh, answer the question, what have you been up to, by saying, I've been reading a lot about sin. Uh, people sort of step back, wondering, oh, you should get out more often. Um, but the absolute standout for me, uh, for the sabbatical, was when I went to a monastery for a week. Uh, I was talking with Kenny, Uh, and he had been working in a a monastery over in Chilworth for a number of years, and we spoke about this, or I remember him talking about it, so I I then said, oh, do they take guests? And he said, yeah, yeah, and he put me in touch, and uh, I booked myself in, and away I was for a week at St. Augustine's Abbey over in Chilworth, just the other side of Guildford. It was nice and close. It was great, and it was a highlight for me because I just encountered God there in a powerful way. It was a reminder to me, and I might be so bold as to say a recommissioning of my vocation, of my calling, and the gift He has given to me. And I actually believe God wants to do the same thing amongst us this morning. I believe God wants to encounter us, and He wants us to encounter Him in our time together this morning. He wants to remind you of His plans and purposes for your life, of your calling and vocation, of your place and part in Jubilee Church, and of the gifts that He's given each and every one of us for His glory and for our good. And so I want to go on that journey with us all this morning. 
But as Sean reminded us last week and set the foundation, set the tone for the year, if you like, it all begins with encounter. It begins with his presence. And we're being given the opportunity, yes, even this morning, but as we focus on it this year, to build it into our lives. It's not like we get to 2025 and we can forget about it, but we build it into our lives throughout 2024 to respond to the invitation to remain and abide in him. But as I was preparing my sermon, the Lord impressed upon me that there are some gathered here amongst us who this is difficult, for whom this is difficult. Intimacy, delight, and love of God's presence feels mysterious, maybe a bit foreign. And the difficulty for some of us is that we find it easier to be useful than to be loved. We can get our heads around God finding us useful and being able to do something for God and therefore please Him then it is to get our heads around the fact that he loves us. And yet scripture beckons us to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Others of us have perhaps encountered trauma in our lives. And if you've dealt with significant grief or relationship breakdown, In adulthood or as a child, we can find it very difficult to get our heads around the notion of a loving God. Maybe you're left with a sense, an overwhelming sense of being unworthy or even unlovable. And we create masks and personas that we live through where else we're constantly telling ourselves in our internal dialogue if you only knew who I really was. And such trauma can make experiencing the love of God feel almost unattainable. And then others of us are perhaps starting 2024 and just feeling more adrift than anything else. Perhaps habit and routine dominate your relationship with God more than sweetness and passion. The adventure of God has begun to become domesticated. And what you really need is for the Holy Spirit to come this morning and remind you that He is not a tame lion. So let me tell you a story from my time in the monastery, which I think will, well, I hope will be helpful. I don't know how you're wired, but me, like, I got quite excited about going to the monastery. I was just like, what's it going to be? But I was also a bit unsure. It's like, it is this sort of foreign world, isn't it? A bit sort of, a bit mysterious, a bit, and so I was, I was super excited all in one. And at the same time, I was like, what's, what's going to happen? Would God be there? Does God live there? Would I find him? And would I come home at the end of the week with a funny haircut? And as I arrived, I parked my car and I found myself at the back of the church. That's just where the car park was. 
And the first door that I saw said, deliveries, please leave on the step. It was getting dark, it was cold, and it was a bit foggy. So I walked around to the front of the church, and still no one was there. No one. Went into the church, found the door, you know, one of those big, you know, doors. <laughs> and open, creaks open, and I go inside. And you know what a church building is like? It's a bit echoey. It wasn't overly warm. And it was empty. I called out, hello, no one there. I checked my booking information, got my phone out. Yeah, today was a date, 3 p.m. was arrival time. I was there at the right place. So I set off to try and find another door. And I actually ended up doing a full circuit of the external walls of the abbey, looking for another door. I went all the way around, like just hoping, hoping, am I going to find anyone. I actually ended up back at the delivery door. I rang that bell. Still no one answered. By now, it was fully dark and cold. And I, thought, I thought to myself, should I just leave myself on the step here and hope for the best? I was back at the delivery door. And I was thinking, is this what this week is going to be like? I had my hopes and my expectations. Walking around, searching for him. But wherever I looked, I couldn't find anyone. And maybe you might feel something like that today, a sense of walking around the outside, looking for the door in, but never actually finding the entrance. I tried to call, but the phone reception was terrible, which was a blessing later in the week. But when I'm first there, I'm trying to get hold of someone. It's like, oh, what is going on? Three times I called before someone answered. And they said, right, okay, go, go around there. And so I went around to the front, got back to the door that I was meant to go to, which was like right next to the door into <laughs> the church. It was a big door, so somehow I missed that. But anyway, that sometimes happens. And it creaked open. And there appeared this man in monk's robes, smiling and welcoming me in. So this morning, I want us to take heart. Keep walking. Keep knocking. The door will open. And then back at the monastery, I got settled into my room, which was very basic. The monastery is not where you go for a spa week. It was super basic. But actually, it was warm, and it was all I needed. And this is what I wrote in my journal as I sat on my bed, pondering what the week was going to be like. I've arrived for my week's retreat. The guest house is right off the church and is, well, a bit odd. Basic, but fine. And I find myself not sure what to do. Maybe even this morning you're sitting here and you're saying, I'm not sure what to do. I went on, I've read Philippians, and my hope and prayer is for God to move. Lord God, come and be with me this week. Help me to see you and know you more. I want to encounter you in the way I need to this week. Lord Jesus, come, I need you. 
I need your presence and your calling and your spirit. I need to see you. Lord, help me. The only book other than the Bible that I took with me was Augustine's Confessions. Some of you may have heard it. I've always wanted to read this book, and it was St. Augustine's Abbey, so I thought, this has to be the place to read it, right? And the book spoke so directly to my heart and soul. It's written at the very end of the fourth century, and yet it is so current and so relevant. It's like it could have been written yesterday. I interspersed my time reading the Bible with just personal worship, reading the confessions, praying, and going to church. And on Tuesday morning, after I had walked around the gardens at the abbey, and I had prayed, I was just praying to God, I read this part in Confessions, and it was like Augustine had been listening in, he'd been like eavesdropping on my prayers. And I'll read to you an excerpt from the book. It says this, to you, he's talking about God, to you, what is unfamiliar? What happens suddenly? Who separates you from the object of your care? And where is solid safety except in your presence? Remember, praying, saying, Lord, I want to find you this week. You're the one I want, justice and innocence so beautiful and graceful. I want to enjoy you with honorable eyes and a satisfaction I cannot get enough of. Rest is with you lavishly and a life without distress. The one who enters you enters into the joy of his master, and he won't fear. And he'll do unsurpassably well in the one who's unsurpassed. It's just so beautiful. And so there I was. And the monks meet eight times a day in the church. And I was warmly invited into any meeting I wanted to join and then graciously left to do my own thing if I wanted to for the week because I had a plan what I wanted to do. Although on that Tuesday morning, it was quite funny, the, the guest master, uh, the guy that opened the door for me, first came up, I was there, I missed mass. And so then I get this knock on my door at about sort of 10.30, I was worshipping and praying, get this knock on the door, and I said, he says, Rick, Rick, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine, I'm just having a lovely time. He said, it was a really odd thing he said. He says, I just wanted to check on you because I have had someone who have died on me before. I was like, okay. I said, no, I'm great. I'm good. I'm fully alive. I'm here. I don't know if he was subtly saying, it'd be really good for you to come to Mass once in the week. The monks were really so kind. And the first meeting I went to is actually called the Office of Vespers. It's a Benedictine living Catholic monastery. And so they have these names for all of their different meetings. And it's an hour before dinner, 6 p.m. Oh, let me just tell you about dinner. It's, it's, dinner's silent. It's a Benedictine order, so it's silent the whole time. There's little whispers here and there. But dinner, it was so unusual at the start that you go in. And dinner for us, I guess, is such a social thing. We're talking to one another. We're engaging, catching up with one another. And you go there, and it's silent. So you don't, should I look at you? <laughs> should I not? But I just grew to love that time. 
anyway, this is the office of Vespers an hour before dinner. And Dom Andrew, the guest master, smiled warmly as I opened the church door. And he motioned me to follow him. And he sat me down at the pew near the front. And he gave me two books. I didn't have a clue what was going on. And he was like, okay. And I sat down and really not knowing what to expect. And then, and then while I was waiting for the abbot and the rest of the monks to come in, I thought, let me have a look at these books. I don't, they weren't a Bible. They were their, their books. And I looked at it, I went in, and then for the first, I was like, my initial reaction was, he's given me the wrong books. They're all in Latin. Where's the English version? And I said, what's going on? And the next thing then, the, the doors open, and the monks file in, and the abbot comes in, and, and there I was trying to follow along, and, and the monks sing the service. They don't speak it. Mass is spoken, but the rest of it is sung. And so you've got these Latin singing monks all around me, and I really didn't have a clue what was going on. And men, did they jump around in those books like grasshoppers? I was just like, I didn't have a clue what was going on. So I just sat and I quieted myself and I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but I want to know your presence. I want to, I want to encounter you right here, right now. Even in the midst of these Latin singing monks, and boy, did I love, I grew to love that office of the Vespers, just the, the singing in this Latin, and I was just closing my eyes and experiencing his presence. It was wonderful. And not, not just Vespers, it was throughout the whole week in my prayer times, in reading Scripture, in reading Augustine, and worship, in the silent meals with the monks, in my garden walks. And he surprised me where and how I encountered him. He knew the journey that I was on that week. He knew the desires of my heart for that week. And he was so utterly faithful. Again, from Augustine, let me read you this. Just speaking to me about my journey there. He says this, just look. He's there. Wherever you can taste the truth, he's in the inmost part of the heart but the heart has wandered away from him. Return to the heart, you double crosses. Oh, this language, I just love it. I could see myself in it all the time. You double crosses and cling to the one who made you. Stand with him and you'll stand indeed. Rest in him and restfulness will be yours. And that brings me to my first point of this morning. Be intentional in seeking God's presence in 2024. When we dedicate time to Him and to enjoy His presence, He honors that intentionality and makes Himself known to us. In 2024, make abiding in Him, as we heard last week, an intentional act. And I want us to hear the invitation this morning. It is invitation, not obligation. Intentionally seek out God's presence as your first and best in 2024. Again, Augustine uses such passionate language, and he says this, Come, Master, and act. Rouse us and call us back. Set us alight and, and delight us. Blaze for us. Grow sweet for us. Let us love you passionately and let us run towards you. And this is my prayer for all of us this year, that we will love him passionately and that we will run towards him. 
He is faithful. Keep seeking his presence. Keep praying to him. Keep asking to encounter him and his love and his presence. And may that begin even this morning. And in fact, we've, we've named the year, which is our tradition. 2024, a year to be intentional, choosing to abide in Jesus for fruitfulness. Let's do that together in 2024. Be intentional about seeking his presence. And this brings me to my second point this morning. Run your own race with passion. So seek his presence. Be intentional to carve out time with him. And run your own race with passion. And if we look again at a bit of our living word scripture this morning, it says this, for this reason, he was talking about the faith of uh, Timothy's mother and grandmother, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit of God does not give us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. But rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything that we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. And I have faith this morning for each one of us that the gift that he has given to us can be fanned into flame this morning. Each one of us has been given a gift by God to empower you to live a life worthy of him. As the scripture states, we're given power and love and self-discipline, not timidity or fear. God gives us what we need to live the life that he calls us to. And We should take note that there in verse 7, it says that he saved us and he's called us to a holy life. It's not one or the other. It's not he saves us or something else. He saved us and he calls us to a holy life. He saved us for a purpose, and he calls us for a purpose. And there are gifts within the church this morning that need to be fanned into flame. There are gifts of hospitality that some of you have stepped back from. But God is calling to you this morning to lean back into. The monks at the abbey, they welcome each guest as if they were Christ. Living out that scripture says, if you've done this to the least of me, you've done least of them, you've done it to me. Let's use our homes to welcome and bless and feed and care and love those who are in the church community and those who are outside of our church community. God is calling to you. There are some of you who just come alive in the area of hospitality. It is your gift and you know it. And I'm praying and God's calling to you this morning to lean back into that. And see God work mightily through that gift for his glory and your good. There are some, even this morning, who are wrestling for various reasons and pressures from stepping back from financial generosity. And I just want you to hear the heart of God here. And he's calling to you to... Launch once again into the adventure of generosity and faith with him. He's calling you to step out this morning.
There are prophetic gifts that need to be stirred up to build up the church, to help launch people into their God-given purposes and for hearing God. Is that you? He's going to give us a gift of His presence in a new and fresh way, drawing us into relationship in a way that perhaps we've heard about but haven't experienced before. We had baptisms on Sunday, seven people being baptized, declaring they follow Jesus. And this morning, God is calling some of us to baptism, and He's going to give you the gift in order to be able to say yes to baptism. And we're going to have another service in March we're just finalizing the date, but we're in March, another baptism service. So get ready. See, each person has a part to play here at Jubilee. The scriptures declare it. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, it says, But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Isn't that amazing to think? And so often we need to train our minds and ask the Spirit to renew our minds through the reading of the Word because we can think, well, we've just moved into the area and so we'll come and join this church. It looks like a nice church. It's got this and it's got that. Yeah, it ticks all my boxes. Okay, I'll come here. But the Scriptures say that God has placed everyone in the church just as He wanted them to be. It's amazing. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not yet a Christian And is Jesus going to give you the faith to accept Him as Lord and Savior, to repent, be forgiven, and reconcile back to God? And there are also a number of people in the room who God has given the gift of leadership. And He has given you this gift for all domains of your life, but that also includes the church. So my encouragement is that we stir up and fan into flame the gift of leadership in the church. We have so much He is calling us to in 2024. He's given gifts to each and every one of us. And God is calling us to impact Farnham and the surrounding areas in a mighty way for Him. We need to see the lost saved. We need to see those who don't know Jesus yet come in to His community and become Christians. Some of you have the gift of evangelism, and he's fanning that into flame even now. We had someone in our week of prayer give, uh, have a picture of revival coming to Farnham, and that Jubilee will be leading in the front foot with that. The evangelists among us fan into flame that gift. Some of you get so excited about caring for the vulnerable and the poor in the community. And he's growing that in your heart right now. Is that gripping your heart even as I say those words? God is depositing for others the gift of discipleship, that you have a passion to grow into Christ-likeness and help others do the same thing. God is stirring in us this year and fanning into flames the gifts that He's given us for our benefit and for His glory and for building up the church. So be intentional in 2024 in seeking God and delighting in His presence. This is the starting place for everything. And I think sometimes we get it around the wrong way. We, we often are just driven to, uh, to be doers, and, and we love doers. That's great. But our doing needs to come out of the overflow of our remaining and abiding in Him. And if we get it the other way around, it's just, it just be, we can become hard. 
But if we intentionally seek out his presence to be with him, and the overflow of that is a life where we run our race with passion. Someone else in the church had a prophetic word this week. For the church to wake up and fling open the heavenly gates. It says this, I had the words, doors flung wide open. To fling wide open the doors and make way for the king of glory to come in. And also for us to come out of hiding and go out into the harvest fields. This morning, let us all wake up to everything that God's doing in our lives. Let us call on God to fan into flames and fling open the heavenly gates and let the King of glory come in. And my last quote from Augustine as he writes passionately about a life in Christ. Listen to these words. You called and shouted and shattered my deafness. You flashed, you shone, and you put my blindness to flight. You smelled sweet, and I drew breath, and now I pant for you. I tasted you, and now I am starving and parched. You touched me, and I burst into flames with desire for your peace. prayer for all of us is something of this passion and desire grips our heart this year in a new and fresh way. How do we talk about our relationship with Jesus? Is it in these terms or is it something else? And God is wanting as we come to remain and abide in him. He is the source of life. And as we remain in him, he transforms us and forms and shapes us into Christ-likeness. And we can have desires and passions for him. You touched me and I burst into flames with desire for your peace. Did anyone jump out of bed saying that this morning? My heart is that this year we do. We see a move of God amongst us that changes our hearts and grips us. Isaiah 46 verse 4 says this, Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Hallelujah. Colossians 2 verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then lastly, 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24 Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. We have each been given a race to run. We've been given a lane to run in. Let's run that race in such a way as we get the prize. We're all so aware, I think. It'd be... Take two seconds to, to see your news feed or listen to the news and realize that the world is not as it should be. But we have met the person who is the path to life, and that is life in its abundance. And I encourage all of you, if your life in Christ has become a bit hun 
drum, then banish that old way of doing things this morning and come to be refreshed and renewed in his presence. If you've been holding back this past year, whether for fear or any other thing, if you've been holding back and you know it, maybe you're just feeling far from God, then come this morning and enter into a new season in the faith in Jesus this morning and the gift of God. So it's our gift Sunday. And I hope the Lord has stirred faith in your hearts and you've come prepared with the amount he has spoken to you about giving. And our giving here is joyful giving that the Lord loves, not under compulsion. It's never obligation. It's always invitation. So as Sean said earlier, if you're a visitor here, don't feel obliged in any way. But for all of those who belong to this house and feel a part of it, let's come at this time now and as we give as the Lord has spoken to us, we're also going to come and celebrate communion together and we want to pray for people. So I'm going to ask Chrissy to come up uh, and in a moment we're going to hand over to Chrissy and we're going to praise God together. But I want us to stay in this moment of worship first. We're going to have a song first. And then at that point, if you're filling in the, the giving forms, I know a lot of you might do it digitally and that's fine, we, we recognize that, but for anyone who's filling it in, you can come and put it in the baskets here. We're also going to come to the table and take communion together. But I want us to stay, if you like, gathered around the table to worship and be with one another before the Lord. We also want to pray for people. If you're particularly wanting to have that gift fanned into flame this year, or perhaps you are feeling like you're a bit far away from God, you want to come back into his presence. You want to be intentional about seeking out his presence in 2024, and you want to pray about that and just have someone lay their hands on you and ask for God's spirit to empower you to do that. We would love to pray with you. 